Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the new podcast, Sophisticated Scoundrels, starring comedians Aries Spears and Gerard Guillory. Get ready to be entertained and enlightened by both highly intellectual banter and straight stupid shit. They'll be, at times, very intriguing, well-thought-out banter. And other times, they'll just be fart jokes, hence the name, Sophisticated Scoundrels. Now sit back, relax, buckle your seatbelts, and get ready for a wild ride like a motherfucker. Notice I didn't say motherfucker with the E-R, or the T-H. Well, cause I'm black, and so is Gerard and Aries, so we say motherfucker. But to our white brothers and sisters, feel free to join in. You can be part of this motherfucker. See what I did there? Motherfucker. We're playing basketball. We're playing basketball. New York in the building. You know what it is. Uh, sophisticated scoundrels, baby. Yep. Your boy, Aries Spears here. My counterpart, Gerard Guillory. Yep. Representing Houston. Yep. And somewhat Atlanta, too, right? Yeah. You know, I rep, I'm from Houston. I, my mother lives in Atlanta. I rep all things Southern, but certainly Houston, Texas, H-Tine, and Atlanta, Georgia, for sure. One of the smartest Southern niggas I know. He reads. He has all his teeth. <laughs> Shout out. I love the South, man. I, oh, I, I, man. Know, I know I give y'all shit, but I love you, baby. Got to, man. Oh. Dirty. Speaking of which, real quick, let me give some Southern history, mm. uh, some slavery history. Mm. Do you know why they call hush puppies hush puppies? No. These little things that black people eat called the hush puppies, it's because uh, slaves would make them and they would throw them on the trail when they ran away and the dogs would eat them and it would cause the dogs to be quiet. Fantastic. Hush puppies. How about that? Niggas are the best. And by the way, we know for a fact, and probably they probably knew that, but white folks eat hush puppies too. Them niggas eat them goddamn hush puppies too, nigga. (laughs) Don't let that goddamn white man fool you. Niggas eat everything that the white man eats and vice versa. (laughs) And one point in time, white folks was eating niggas. Hot sauce on a nigga is delicious. Very, very gummy, nigga. Very gummy. <laughs> gummy. That's not fat, nigga. That's soul. Uh. All right. Um, <laughs> <laughs> all right. Uh, great documentary, man. Uh, y'all might have caught what we was talking about. Supreme Team, and we ran out of time. Again, we had a lot more we could have covered, but, you know, we want to try to run a tight ship. So uh, this was, I was looking forward to this, man. Uh, it's called New York City Point Guards. Mm. And again, it's the double play on the word God, because New York City vernacular, street vernacular, you know, talk, what up, God? Yo, what up, kid? Yo, what up, son? What up, Dun? So God is one of the words. And, you know, I know they also meant, because the best point guards, these dudes was gods, man. So I love that. And if you're from Boston, of course, it's gads. You got to see the fucking New York City point guards. <laughs> the fucking guys are fucking the diaper. Right. Right. Um, they started off with Mark Jackson. Mm-hmm. And before I ask the question, the point they made, which, you know, I, I feel is a fair assessment. Mark wasn't the flashiest guy. Didn't have cool. the greatest handles like a Kyrie Irvin. Uh, he a was, wasn't a scorer, but he got the job done. Mm-hmm. He was efficient. Mm-hmm. He, 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 from a, from a basketball IQ and the point guard is basically like the quarterback position, the general, the, the general, floor the general. floor general. Mm-hmm. 
He he was fucking. He got it done. Where would you rank Mark Jackson out of the guys that they had on the show? Yeah. Or let, let me let me let me let me kill. Have you killed two birds with one stone? And I know I might forget some people, but if and 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 on your knowledge and based on what you know, give me your top ten point guards. Out no particular New, order. Out of New York or just top ten point. Top guards? ten point guards. Period. I'm gonna go with almost everybody they have in the thing. Right. Um, Rod Strickland. Mm-hmm. I'm not sure if Mahmoud was a point guard. Was he a point or was I think he a so? Two? I think he was Mahmoud Abdul Rauf. Steph Stefan mm-hmm. Marbury, D- Kenny Anderson. Again, Kenny if we're Anderson. just coming out of um, uh, Magic, of course. Um, P- Penny Hardaway, of course. Oh. Uh, let me help you out. Tell me, would you mm-hmm. put him in your top ten? Yes. Jason Kidd. Yes. Okay. Gary Payton. Yes. Steve Nash. Steve Nash could be on the list. Yeah. Okay. And um, Isaiah Thomas. Yes. So here's my question: Why is Mark Jackson not in your top ten? Mark would only not be in the top 10 based in what they were saying. Right. But I love Mark Jackson. And as a matter of fact, I made plenty of money playing with him on <laughs> on NBA Live because right. he was the one who set up either Reggie Miller or Detlef Shrimp. Was was that a... No, they had Rick Smith's the Duncan, Dutch, the yes. Duncan Dutchman. So you're not even talking about Mark Jackson Knicks. You're no. talking about Jackson Pacers. Jackson Pacers. Right. Yeah, yeah. It was right. it was a really good team. When you hear the, them talk, and you go back and look at that footage where he was like, where Mark always says it, "I was his Bundini Brown." Right. They can't beat you. You're the greatest. Rumble, you're the best. You're Rumble. the best. Yes. Yeah. And, and remember, we don't have a lot of. It seemed like in this NBA, we don't have that. It seems like everybody has to be the guy instead of having one guy tell the guy, remind the guy that he's the guy. That's how we're going to get to the chip. And uh, so, yeah, I I don't know. Maybe maybe I would. Did I not? Was that not 10? That was 10. And and, and the point of me asking you to put Mm. your top 10 together was because if you would have asked me to put my top 10 together before before I would have put it together, I would have told you. I don't see him in the top ten. I, I I think I think he he got the job done. Mm-hmm. Uh, he, he was he was you know he was capable, uh, competent, but top ten I don't know. I you know when you talk about who came out of that, I don't think Kenny Smith is in the top ten. No, see, I would have I would have I would have definitely included Kenny if I thought Kenny was. Now Kenny was very good, but again, a king. Well, you know. When Barkley is busting his balls mm-hmm. on inside the NBA on TNT, mm-hmm. jokingly he goes, "Akeem got you two rings. Right? You didn't get him two rings. Right? And and I think that when when Kenny came out of college and he was with Sacramento, mm-hmm. younger, quicker, mm-hmm. could dunk. Yeah. But at no point did I feel ever in Kenny Smith's career that he was the dude. No. At that position. I'm trying to think of who else, who outside, because, you know, I'm swayed by the show, just thinking about point guards, but I'm trying to, who, Mario Chalmers, I'm trying to think of who was the point guard on some of the last handful of championship teams. When D-Wade, D-Wade and LeBron. Right. 
Um, who was who was the point guard when Shaq and D Wade? Shaq and D Wade. Shaq and D Wade. Oh, J- uh, Jason Williams, White Chocolate. Jason Williams, and he's not going to be in the top ten, but he was. He's he's, <laughs> he's a uh, He's on that, in that right, in that right, space right in the holdover right. room. Um, yeah, who? Um, Rondo. Rondo, Rajon Rondo, right from. The Celtics. Now, just just yeah, trying yeah, to think yeah. of who who's in the right in the in the, should be considered, right. or at least whose names we got an honorable mention because right. they won chips. But um, nah, even who's the point at Golden State? Is that Steph? Steph. Steph is. Oh, one. I didn't even mention Steph in, t- in terms of top ten. Steph is one. Yeah. Now Steph has to be in there just because he can. He can do it all. All right. So so just so we don't sway away from what this is supposed to be about. Right. But since we're on the topic of point guards, it, we'll see y'all next week. <laughs> <laughs> do give me an order your top five point guards, and that could be any of the people we named. And I'm gonna tell you right now, I'm not, I shouldn't be making your opinion for you. But you gotta have magic as number one. Magic is definitely, and you said no Num- particular order. No, in particular order. Magic ain't number one. Well, again, not about comparing errors. I just wanted to make sure to to have who else am I gonna have in there? No, magic, regardless, magic, magic. He's number one. Magic belongs at the top again. Not magic. number one. You're killing me. Yeah, he, yeah. No, magic is number one. Okay, but based in his. Paperwork. No, 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 no. Of everybody we just named. Yeah, no, Magic Magic belongs number one. But I was looking like I said, I wanted to make sure, you know, who do I want to keep from who we listed, right? And it may not be. It's not going to be. There's going to be some. It's not going to be Kenny Anderson or or Stephon Marbury, who, again, are in that same room, in the rollover room. Okay. They're up there, but again, they didn't have the, they don't have a resume of accomplishments that are, that, equate to magic like no one does okay so we know magic except for steph you got four more i'm gonna take steph two two yep over isaiah thomas yes a lot of people i know will agree with you on that just because they're in the moment now and of his incredible shooting but you know jordan said in the last dance despite how i feel about isaiah personally Mm -hmm. he's my number two after Magic Johnson, Isaiah's the best point guard to ever play the game. I'm listen. You got no complaints. Out but he of ain't your number two. No, because Steph. I'm going with yeah. Just because right. I can see this now. But again, I was a grown man. I, I, matter of fact, my roommates were from Detroit during the sweep, the second right. sweep. House was filled with brooms. I was a sophomore <laughs> in college at the time. You right. know what I mean? So uh, um, you got three more after that again. Magic Steph. Magic Steph. Mahmoud. Mahmoud at three? Yep. Over Chris Paul or uh, yep. uh, uh, Kyrie Irving? I, as a matter of fact, I'm going to take both of those, but I want Mahmoud where he is, and then I'll put Chris and and Kyrie. So three, and then Chris four, Kyrie five? Yep. Okay. Yep, standing on it. Okay. And and I had much love for Joe Dumars, who also gave But he was Jordan. a two guard. Yeah, but he gave Jordan Fitz too. Okay. Mm-hmm. All right. Um my top five magic. Uh Isaiah. Something about Steph I don't want to like. I just this something about this thing. This 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 coffee after the cream has been put in, nigga. 
the way I feel about Mahomes. <laughs> I think I think Patrick Mahomes is great, but but he walks like he's about to go tell. That's hilarious. <laughs> he walks like he's about to go snitch right now. Yeah. Um, God, I swear, if he didn't get hurt, I would put Penny at three. See, that's when Penny, Penny, Penny had people forget. Boy, before Penny. Penny got hurt, oh mm-hmm. my God, Tyra Banks, fool! Oh yeah, goodness. Yeah. Um, was AI a point guard or a two? Two. He was a two, but he ran the point, didn't he? I would. I want to say who else was over there? If he ran the point, then I give it to AI. If he didn't run the point, I got to put Chris Paul at four, Kyrie at five. Not bad. What? Who's your? Did you agree with the list on outside of outside of Mark Jackson at one? Um, kind of, sorta. You know, because a lot of them. Listen, a lot of them dudes. It seemed like yes, they were great, but they didn't. You know, when you talk about champions, really, not a whole lot of dudes out of New York. Matter of fact, did any of them niggas out of New York win a championship? Right. Kenny Smith. Right. Right. But Marbury, was, a lot of should have been's or could have been's. And still great, great careers. Now, not a, a God Sham God and some of the some of the right. lesser. Rafer Austin. And and Rafer was my guy. You you remember Rafer? Skip to my Lou. Skip yeah. to my Lou. Houston Rockets. Oh, did he? Was that that wasn't his first team, though. His first team was with Milwaukee, I think. He spent some time with us. Did he really? I know he did. Uh-huh. But was he still that Ray was Tra- Austin? Tracy McGrady. Oh yeah. Really? Yeah, he that was I think that was the Tracy McGrady era. Yeah, I mean, yeah, he spent and some what time. was amazing about Rafer was and and you talk about 30 for 30s. There was a great short 30 for 30 specifically about and one basketball. Mm-hmm. And Rafer skipped to Malu was one of them street ball or Rucker Park niggas that was just amazing yeah and a lot of them dudes and I, and I loved in that particular documentary when they talked about yeah them good them dudes was good for the streets but don't get it confused with the pros That's they true. couldn't play pro ball right they, they didn't have the discipline they didn't take care of their bodies right you know a lot of them dudes before a championship their championship game was smoking weed and drinking hennessy and out wilding out right yeah. wilding out yeah. and it was like and they, they specifically said about my man out of atlanta hot sauce it was like, yeah, hot sauce came to the pro-am. By the time he was done, they was calling that nigga ketchup. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, hate to hear that. Now, but again, what we knew when 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 all of that was going on was that it was when when Rafer made it to the league, that that was an anomaly. That these great players who have set the tone for street ball around the world right. and have uh, greatly affected. NBA point guard play would never make the league. Like it sounds like uh, again in, in our career, something I've spent my time. I heard I heard it all at the beginning of doing stand up, and then I've spent a lot of time actually doing it. And that is warm up. Hmm. Warm up is to it's like street ball. It's like man, you do you do audience warm up, dude. You're gonna be stuck doing audience warm up. You're not gonna be the star of the show. Okay. And it's kind of like that what they were saying about street ball. Like the street ballers don't go pro. They just don't go pro. And then right. there goes Rafer. I, I do see the equivalence in it, but I also feel like there's there is a major difference. I, I mean, you know, look, it's a reason why I don't do warm up. It, it it's its own extreme talent. 
Yeah. The the ability to be able to go out there. Because my thing is, I want to go out there, do my thing, kill it, and be done. Yeah, that does To go out there and kill it, chill, somebody else come out, you come back out, and you keep having to reflame yourself. I just... It's a a tough gig, yeah, that uh, also when you... If you get the call sheet and they say you're going to go out at 10.07, you're going to go out at 11.13, you're going to go out at 12.08. But at uh, 10.59, the AC goes out. And so the maintenance guy has to come in and fix the thing for 47 minutes. Now it's like, Gerard, you need to jump out there. And it's like, ah, entertainment. Right. Right. Yeah, it's a a tough gig. But uh, but again, one I I ain't going to lie, pretty decent at. Made a nice living. Well, I mean, but to kind of toot your horn a little bit for you, You've done the warm-up thing, mm. but then you can do the stand-up thing. Mm-hmm. And I got to say, uh, we did a gig where he replaced Andy in uh, Dallas. And for 30 straight minutes, this motherfucker didn't do a single joke and destroyed off of all improv. <laughs> so you would be the Ray for Alston I, of comedy, nigga. I, you could do street I, ball, I, yeah, but yeah, you can play pro ball yeah, too. Yeah, and not a lot of dudes can do that. Yes, because I'm not smoking and drinking Hennessy tonight before the game. <laughs> <laughs> but you will smoke and drink Hennessy after the game. Oh, I'm talking about shortly after you get on stage. <laughs> Did y'all say last call? Right, yeah, yeah, right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, New York has always been known as the mecca Absolutely. of basketball. Absolutely. From the days of Rucker Park when it was Dr. J with the Afro. Got a picture of it in my computer. Do you my, really? On my desktop, yep. Um, again, that was a time that was before me, but but being a New Yorker, I would have loved to have felt what that experience was like to where there were dudes sitting in trees, standing on rooftops to see the, the game. The people hanging on the fence. Right. You saw that where people are holding themselves right. by their hands on a fence for the duration of a game, That's... which Rafer was going to show up after it started. Right. The game was going to go, you're going to have to hang on that fence for, for <laughs> yeah. another 40. Right, right. For another 40 minutes, man. Right. Um. Yeah, dude, that 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 whole experience. And, and you know, New York is, you know, look, some people like to, hate on New York because mm-hmm. of the cocky swagger mm-hmm. that comes with New York and mm-hmm. New Yorkers. But when you think Mecca of basketball and the the the, the garden also often being described as a cathedral. Mm-hmm. But then I, I wonder where in that, because it only feels like there's only, that I can remember, three major cities when you talk about proud ballers. New York, Chicago, L.A. Is there anything past that? And if there is, I, I instinctively want to say Detroit. But other than that, are there any major basketball? Would you not say Philly, you say? You know, damn, Philly. I would imagine, too, wherever wherever we are in abundance, that okay. that would be the case. You okay. Know, wherever we are. I'm trying to think of guys, again, I'm talking about going to school with Scarface. Right. Later, uh, a few years later, the guy who was Mr. Texas basketball was right. he ate lunch with me and my partner Charles, you know what I mean? Right. Um, and his brother was Mr. Basketball before him. Um, only spent a very short time in the league, but I would imagine that you know, that's a that's an us thing. Now, of course, New York has these particular places. If you play at Rucker Park, you know, that's significant. If you play in Madison Square Garden, that is significant. But 
my thought is wherever we are, there is that dude there. And if but he, is there really? Because when again, to bring up to your example, Houston is one of the biggest cities in the world, mm-hmm. in the country. Mm-hmm. Whether you take it, look, whether you look at Houston, Dallas, or San Antonio, the three major cities in the state of Texas, I don't know that either of those places is known for ballers. But did you know that a lot, a large percentage of guys who retire from the league? And a lot of guys who live, who play in the league, live in Houston. That before, I'm not sure how long the Drew League has been out here in LA, right. but there's a thing called Fundy. So when when Akeem and them were playing, it was a big deal. The summer league in Houston was that spot. So you have all the pros who go there to play right. in the off season. Was it supposed to be somewhat reminiscent of Rucker Park? It, well, it's like it's exactly like Drew League, where you have real pros in tournament with also playing with and against random dudes, regular dudes. Yeah. But it's official. Like I said, it is official. It's like Drew League. Right. I would imagine that the regular dudes are getting mopped up. Are they not? Yeah. But again, not necessarily. Remember these, remember everybody who's great is Remember, It's a lot of guys that's not in the league for reasons other than them not being good. You know, this dude can't keep his nose clean. (laughs) Okay. This dude was locked up when it was time right. to, uh, yeah, he was in there playing prison ball or, you know, for one reason or another. But, right. yeah, Houston does have a big – again, remember, you have to think about this away from basketball. Right. The three states that produce the most athletes is California, Texas, and Florida. So when you start talking about football, basketball, baseball, right. so forth, that's where they're coming from. Mm. Um. What do you think about Stephon Marbury? Like, I, I always felt like when you know you talk about awesome NBA duos, Man. Shaq, Kobe, Magic, Kareem, uh, Jordan, Pippen. Wasn't Stephon Marbury and KG supposed to win one? I listen. I don't know exactly what. Ha- who else was in? Because that's West. Who else was doing? Was that a Laker time? Who? who, who, who? Yeah, I think so. That might have been it. Again, right. it's kind of like a boxer, boxing. And you know boxing right. better than I do. But remember, there are some really good boxers who just didn't end up with that legacy because they were in an era with Tyson or Roy Jones Jr. Right. or whatever. It's like, no, nah, that dude would have been great. He just couldn't right. get past that dude. Right. So, yeah, so I think it's that. You know what I mean? Like, Because that was another team that I played with on NBA Live. Remember, in the corner was Wally Zerbiak. Oh, I was going to say, even throw him in as a third. I mean, you know, obviously, Marbury and KG were the two titans. Yeah, but but they had the shooters. Who else was on the other side over there? I forget the white boy's name with the blonde hair. They were shooters, though. Right, right, right. It was a really good team, but I think that might have been the thing. And and, And that's the one thing about pro sports in general, but certainly in basketball, when you hear about experience, and when you just hear that randomly, it's like, man, these dudes have played 12 million games. These are the same dudes that if they were not being paid millions of dollars to play this game this afternoon, they'd be in the gym playing 19 today. They right. play 19 full court basketball games today. And you're talking about they don't have experience. And then you get in the playoffs and you start watching and you say, oh, I see. Right, right, right. It's, it is significant. 
right. experience is significant. Dennis Rodman just put his thumb in dudes, but he's about to lose it. <laughs> right, right. You got to have some experience to know right. how to defend against Dennis Rodman. He's right. getting ready to rattle your cage, man. Yeah. Y'all are playing in a hostile environment. You're a rookie this year. Y'all played 19 games in your college year. Now you playing 82 plus because this is the second round of the playoffs. Dude, you got to be tired as hell. This actually brings me to that great, to my next point. I always say, I don't know if you ever really checked it out, but one of my favorite, favorite shows to watch on TV from NBA TV mm. is Open Court. Mm. I don't know Where if they're chopping it up. Oh, yeah. Dude. And, and especially when at one point in time, the panel was always, and when you have this combination, you know it's great television. Isaiah Thomas, Charles Barkley, Shaq, uh, and then, you know, they would mix match, but Steve, Steve Kerr, Smith. Steve Smith. And That's I mean, just to watch those dudes talk openly and honestly about basketball was mm-hmm. awesome. Mm-hmm. And I remember Barkley said, like with anything in life, but I, I put this under the umbrella of entertainment. Like with comedy, there's levels to this shit, man. Mm-hmm. You know, and just because you're a bad motherfucker at this level is not a birthright to being a bad motherfucker at this level. Right. And as you move and up beyond, the ladder. Right. And he was like, you know, there's a lot of dudes who was great in high school, mm. all Americans. Mm. They got to college, another mm. level. Mm. There are dudes who was in the man in college. Bad motherfucker mm-hmm. got to the NBA, mm-hmm. another level. He said, "You, it's like no matter how good you were at, at the level before you, that next level, you're starting over, right? Scratch." Right. And I just was intrigued by that because I'm just going. You would think that with some of the knowledge that you've learned in high school and with good coaching, that's got to help you at the college level and then college to NBA level. So when Barkley goes, "Nah, you got to start over." Mm-hmm. I'm like, first of all, that level of dedication to the game to where you can just go lose everything you've learned up to this point, start over. Right. Again, a little different when you already have the check in the bank. Mm. You know what I mean? Motivation. Yeah. Right. Yeah. I mean, if if somebody, if, if you were on a team and coach was banging and banging and banging away and the veteran Barkley came over and said, dude, what coach is trying to tell you is forget everything you know, bro. Forget what you know. When you come in here tomorrow, man, be a clean slate of paper and let him write on it, man. Right. You're not struggling trying to make it to the league. You're in the league. And now you're being asked to do something new. It would be easier than like in comedy where you're still hustling and grinding to get up there. You can't forget what you knew because when you are there to exhibit what you do, you're getting paid for that. And that will dictate, oh, no, you're not. They're going to remove you from the tour. (laughs) You you don't get to forget everything you know. But when you got a veteran who would pull you to the side and and give you some piece of information, you're already on the team, bro. Right? You've made the team. Right. But here's what we need from you. We don't need what you did in college, bro. We need you to do this. This is a different game. I mean, you know, look, uh, creatures of habit. You know, sometimes, you know, and one of the hardest things is, when you're on that stage and you go, I know the set is killer mm-hmm. from A to Z. Right. I know what it does. I know how it breathes. I know every little detail as to how this moves. Okay. And you're comfortable in that. Mm-hmm. Forget what you know and try this. 
Or if you're not a guy that does crowd work, do crowd work. If you're not a guy that tells stories, tell stories. And I have to believe to some extent, yes, like any muscle, you have to work on it mm-hmm. and, and to, to make it stronger. Mm-hmm. But at the end of the day, still funny is funny. Right. So, you know, if you can be funny, if, if funny is within you, okay, yeah, make a little bit of adjustment, but funny finds a way. Right. But um, I've never been a professional athlete, which, of course, is I think is every man's fantasy if you've never been one. Right. And I would love to be one. I've obviously not in this life. But oh yeah, it's over with. <laughs> right, gonna fill out some paperwork though for the comeback. If I got to come back, right, right. Lord of mercy. Oh, yeah. Jesus, man! I, I just, yeah, to to have to to have to forget what you know from college or high school and start over. What I'm just, what is that like? I'm, I'm yeah, that's crazy. Again, you you should be on a squad with. You know, like I said, some veterans, some people you already knew that you could look up to and trust. You know what I mean? Right. Um, that that should make that thing easier. Like, I don't know what he's saying. Because I've been in spaces, you know, as a professional, again, right. warm up or whatever. You know, it's like, dude, they want me to do something, but I'm not positive of what to do. Right. You know, before they yell, get out there. Like, you know, that Un- discomfort of not knowing what to do, but having to do it in just a damn minute. This is what I'm saying about, you know, me potentially doing uh wild it out with Nick Cannon. Right. You know, I'm, I'm, I'm tentatively scheduled to do that at the end of September. And I've never, I mean, I've obviously seen the show. I've never done the show. I know what comedy is. I know what improv is. Yeah. I know what being funny is. Yeah. But when I see some of the things they do on that show, I go, it feels like a different thing a little bit. I know I know, some of it is the same in terms of what I'm talking about, but that's why I asked Nick when I spoke to him, is it really improv or is it planned out? Because if that is really improv, the way y'all are doing that, yeah, it's uh, it's, it's, it's intimidating. But you, but you, again, you, it's it's right up your alley. I, I you know. Again, I I know they wouldn't have you up there to fail. I would I would go into that with skill set holding down Mad TV for you know. Right. Remember all the sketches I did on Mad was live to tape or what they call the playbacks, right? Pre-recorded, yeah, pre-recorded. Yeah. So I never got to really get busy in front of the audience, and uh, and and you and y'all spent the better part of the time doing that, right? So there you go. Like I, I, you know, again, I wouldn't be concerned with it. I know that I would be able to go over there and kill it. Right. Watch a few episodes, get your game together, bust right. some freestyles in the car and get on down there and stand out and kill it. That's right. it. Um, that, and, and when I, and when I brought that up about those different levels, cause one of the guys they brought up that came out of New York was Pearl Washington. Pearl and Washington. for a second, I was getting him confused with, Pearl, Pearl, the Pearl, the Pearl, Pearl, right? Um, and I forgot about that. I was like, "Wait a minute, why?" Right. I was thinking the same thing, and then when I saw the error, I was like, "Oh no, I watched him play. Right, I watched right. him, and he was a beast. He was a beast, beast, beast." And I forget what game it was that they played. I think in the Garden, where they just knew that the team he was playing was so far superior that they thought this is the moment where we see him get shut down, fail, right? And he succeeded. He showed. Oh out. my God! He but out. No noise in the NBA. Fizzled out. And I, and I just, 
to me, it's somewhat hard to make that connection that you could be that goddamn good, but then get to the NBA and fizzle out or, or not even get to the NBA. Well, every, you know, again, I always think about this with, with, with most pro sports, uh, if they have a lottery, if the, if their pro sport has a lottery, which I believe most do, I don't know about the baseball draft or hockey or whatever, but you got to imagine if you're in any, you play professional sports today, you were great on your college team. You were great in high school. You were great in the junior high and you were great at pop Warner or little league. Mm. But because of all of that, you're a lottery pick and you went first and the first player goes to the worst team. So most guys who get to the league who were great, the first time they ever lose and not lose a game, but have losing seasons and are a part of losing cultures is when they first got their big giant million dollar check to play. And that can be taxing. That can, we talked about it in the first episode. Popularity is based on the people who are good at what they do. Remember, if you went first in the draft, the odds are you didn't have to go to algebra in the ninth grade. <laughs> you could hang out in the woodshop class right. until practice. I'm on the cover of USA Today this week. Man, what are you talking about? Practice. Practice. Not, not a, a game. Not a game. Practice. Not a game. Right. We talking about practice. Yeah. Right? And you've never lost until you play on national television. Everybody watching. Right. You never lost till you got enough money to get that chain you wore up here. Right. And y'all got dismantled. You haven't played on national television but once this year. Right. Again, what's, what is the college basketball? They played 25, 26 games. I'm not as college. But it's not 82 Remember, they talk, we've been hearing about that for 30 years. There's a wall players hit their first year in the league. You come back after the All-Star break. Oh, you went to Miami for the All-Star weekend? You you weren't an All-Star. You should have been resting because (laughs) we got 50 more games to play before we don't go to the playoffs. You see what I'm saying? Right. It's, it's a whole nother level, bro. You catching flights at midnight. Remember, we were talking about uh, the WNBA girls were uh, complaining about their flights. I don't know if you remember. They made us take commercial flights, and we had to fly on the day of the game. And one of the girls said, we didn't have to do that in college. It's like, you play pro ball now. Right. Nobody want to hear what you did. You don't compare right. this to what you did <laughs> right. in college. Y'all might have to catch a bus tonight. Right. If it's snowing out here, you got to be in uh, Portland in the morning. Hmm. Yeah, like, and that's what it is. Before that's, we before we move shift gears to mm. the WNBA, uh, and I know that we're kind of this will be late news, but nonetheless, we should pay a little bit of homage to it. Uh, the passing of Bill Russell, absolutely. And when you say, and listen, I, I don't want to get into the Jordan debate. But obviously, out of respect for Russell. He wants to be in the Jordan <laughs> Out of respect for Russell, especially when someone has just passed. Yes. They say the GOAT, one of the greatest, the greatest. I will say he was one of the greatest. I would never give him GOAT because, again, when you talked about in college, we play this many games versus the pros. And you may feel completely different from this, but first of all, he, he didn't play as many regular season games back then. Mm-hmm. Uh, number two, 
he came up at a time, and this is not his fault, but he came up in an era where the league was just starting to integrate. And Larry Bird, the legend, one of the greatest players of all time, said himself, Mm -hmm. basketball is a black man's game. They're the best at it. Mm -hmm. So if you're Bill Russell and the only black guy you're going up against is another Titan in Wilt Chamberlain versus you're coming up in the era against Wilt, Kareem, uh, Ewing, uh, Akeem, Shaq, Walton, David Robinson. There's no way you win 11 rings. There's no way. I, I, I get that. But I think, do you think that some of it is about, like, are they saying he's the very best player or are they giving him reverence because he he accomplished a great deal? See, just like you just said, there's not a lot of black people in the league and it was just now integrating and more than likely because they were trying to keep up with his black ass. Right. Hey, man, uh, can y'all send us a pack of those? Uh, they got tired tall... of the basic chest pass. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Trembling like this. Yeah, yeah, dude, with, right. a, with forearm out. Right, right. He yeah. hurt his neck from looking down, dribbling right. the ball the right. whole time. Yeah, um, but, you know, great accomplishments. And not just off the on, court, you mean? On and off the court. I mean, 13 chips is, you know what I mean? 11. Like, 11. It was 11. Yeah, 11. Still multiple, you know, more than 10 championships now what okay. we what we what we watch in this environment when we watch the lakers showtime create the term repeat then we see jordan three peat twice and then we look at stuff like golden state and boston and miami and so forth that it's really hard to win back to back right now would you imagine that changes just because the players are not uh, is good. But again, you you won 11, but you did it at a time where the league didn't have its best players. You no did doubt. It, you did it at a time where, in terms of physical ability, you were a midget amongst Gary Coleman's and Webster's. Nigga. I get that, but I'm saying, how come it? How many? How many? How many uh, years did he play in league? Total, I don't know. Was it 11? More than that. Okay, well then that kind of goes out of the water there because he should have as many chips as the years he played in the league. Well, all I'm saying is right. we recognize that in every sport, even if it's Tom Brady or Michael Jordan, it is really difficult to get back there. Remember, you got injury, there's right. trade, there's all kind of reasons right. why somebody retired, we got a new coach. For one reason or another, it's very, very hard to win two championships back-to-back or even with the same. Remember, they're going to blow it up if right. they don't do it this year. So you got to give him someone well, to Listen, I'm not trying to diminish his greatness because he's definitely great. But Those of you listening, uh, you can't see the sarcastic smirk on our Aries face to know that he's but bullshitting you right be, now. There's got to be an asterisk a little bit at, on his name, man. I, why, would you put an asterisk because, or would you just not because, move it forward? We're talking about 82 games, which is what the NBA plays now. I think it was 20-something games. Right. 29. Right. And those guys. Not as to, many teams. They went to work when in the offseason, too, I right. imagine. They sold insurance and right. so forth. and had Real estate. Yeah, kept niggas at, from uh, buying houses. Yeah, in yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> need you to draw a red line all the way around right. your neighborhood. And when you get done, the right. season's going to start. There you start. go. Um, so yeah, again, I don't, I don't want to take anything from him, 
but I I wouldn't put him on the list of the best player. You know what I mean? But his accomplishments, again, when you couple on and off, you know, he had to put up with a whole lot of stuff, which is crazy, that we would love to give reverence to, except we're right back to a place where they spitting on Steph Curry and Trey Young. They spitting. Right. right. You know, that Russell Westbrook got to keep running up in the stands. Right. So you'd think that that was paid for, that Bill Russell has a invoice for that. Yeah. That was already taken care of. But the mere fact that he was there to put that down – Again, I don't know that I would compare him with the other players, uh, certainly from the other eras, but you, you, I don't know. You can't take that from Bill. I don't, know if you, so. I, I don't know if you ever saw that great documentary on 30 for 30, uh, L.A. Lakers' Best of Enemies, the yeah. three-part documentary. No, I hadn't seen that one. Oh, Gerard, you How'd I miss oh. that one? How'd I miss that and one? And they got um, Ice Cube narrating the L.A. side mm. and Donnie Wahlberg, narrating the Boston, the Boston side because uh-huh. that's their respective home sit hometowns. Uh, Point Gads kid. Fucking wicked kid. <laughs> Fucking Kevin Gannett kid. <laughs> Gannett. Uh, and they tell the famous story how when Bill Russell decided to retire his number, mm. he had a private ceremony uh, in front of just him and his teammates mm. because he didn't want to celebrate with the city of Boston. Because of how racist they were. Fantastic. Breaking in his house, defecating on his bed. Wow. Ri- uh, writing the word nigga on his wall in feces. Wow. So he he had such a distaste for, for January 6th, daddy. <laughs> <laughs> By the way, nobody's been charged for the boo-boo. Go ahead. Go ahead. <laughs> um, damn. Come uh, on, man. That's foul. They, yeah. They, 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 yeah. He, 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 he hated them so much that he had a private ceremony. Uh that's Which is beautiful. so crazy when you think of, you know, how revered he had become yeah. in his older life. They always, white folks love when niggas are no longer loud or moving fast. Yeah, That's yeah, when they, they love you. He can't hit me back. When Charles Barkley was throwing motherfuckers through windows, they didn't like him. He said he's not a role model. <laughs> but now that he's fat and funny, right. they love him. Right. They Again, love him. It's that King thing. The, now that uh, Tyson is old and more at peace, they love him. Right. They, nah, they didn't right. like George Foreman in his youth. Right. But once he started selling grills Come on. and was fat and looked like a Buddhist, Come on. a big Buddha, they love him. Yeah, that's that's a weird thing. Again, it kind of helps wash away. Say what? Oh, okay, Paul. They love when niggas are calm. White folks don't love when you niggas are strong. When you are Samson, they don't like you. They've got to cut that nigga hair short. You lose your goddamn powers. Charles Barkley, Mike Tyson, Bill Russell, Morgan Freeman. They love you niggas when you niggas are no longer powerful. They love Morgan Freeman. He looks like a cookie. (laughs) (laughs) Something they can dip in milk. They love that nigga. Oh, Morgan Freeman. We could dip this nigga in milk. (laughs) He's a cookie. He's a cookie. That nigga, I bet you that nigga's nuts look like pumpernickel. <laughs> His ass and nuts look like pumpernickel. We could put mortadella on that nigga's ass, cheese and lettuce, and bite him. They love that nigga. <laughs> Morgan Freeman looks like a cookie. God damn. We get, we get uh, two packs of Morgan Freeman. <laughs> Mrs. Fields. And yes, some regular right. chocolate chip. Right. Man. Um... Yeah, they like you when you calm and you at peace, and like you said, you can no, they can't hit back. I think though, it's it's a time thing, right? right? If because if I was the one in the picture, 
taunting you and calling you out of your name and throwing racial epithets when I was 20. And then when you turned 50 and now I'm 60, I don't look like the person in the picture anymore. Right. And it changes. And so now I can pretend not to be the person who's forever captured in that photo. We see. And and listen, I I know I'm, I'm being funny with that, but there is an eerie more than a coincidence here. You know, when Ali was Ali, loud and oh, oh, the absolutely. But when he was this at the Olympics in Atlanta, lighting the torch, oh, they love him. It goes back to the thing about King. You know, once we've killed you, once you're defeated, when you right. are no longer a threat, then you be you 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 cool to be right. in the circle, and we can hold you up, and we know right. that you're not, you don't have the power to lead a hundred people to come and harm us because we <laughs> deserve it. Whoop de whoop. Right now, this is uh. It's over with. Yeah. We've washed it away. Right. Whitewash. Um, the WNBA, as some of you uh, may know, there's always been this controversy why the women don't get paid respectively as much as the men. And I actually, I, I mean, look, uh, Bill Burr uh, did a Netflix special Man. called, I think it was called Rolling Rocky, where he performed it out, outdoors in Colorado. And he addressed this. And believe me, I, I've been saying this. I just haven't put it on its legs or made it that funny. But so hats off to Bill Burr. But yeah, he did that. He'd been saying what I had posted a lot, which was, ladies, it, it's not, you know, women tried to make it sexist. It's sexist that the women don't get paid as much as the men. It's got nothing to do with sexism. The bottom line is, do you put asses in the seats? You don't. You're not a better product than the NBA. I, I always used to go, who is the female magic that can pass like that? Who's the female Vince Carter that can dunk like that? Who's the female Jordan that can fly through the air with grace? Who's the female Allen Iverson that can break your ankles? Who's the female Shaq who can dominate in the paint and bring the backboard down? You know, it's, it's the, you know, and I don't want to try to seem like I'm taking a dump on the ladies, but we know what it is in the WNBA. Bounce pass, chest pass, layup. Yeah. Jump shot. Layup. And then when you tell them, lower the rim or shorten the court, they get upset. I just, you, you said it again, you know, we always talk about language and there are words and phrases that we use to define other things. And you just said the bottom line yeah. is that X, Y, Z. Remember Remember, fiscally, what the bottom line is, is just about the money. That's money, the bottom line. Right. And that's what it is. You don't draw. Now, here's the problem. Remember, again, the 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 LGBT makes up a great percentage of the players in the WNBA. I didn't know that. Like, seriously? Absolutely. As players? As players. Oh, as, as a matter of fact, I wrote an op-ed several years ago in regard to it, did some research. I can't remember. I, I don't I can see how that's not a stretch. That I wrote an op-ed? No, about that oh that fact. Wait till you find out if this is a stretch. I cannot recall the young lady's name, but she was quoted as saying that the NBA, the WNBA is so gay that she had to pretend to be gay just to be on the team. So she came out as straight afterward to let it be known that in order to fit in with the team, she had to be gay. Now, the point I'm trying to make is that the better part of their audience is WNBA. I mean, is 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 LGBT. Well, 
Okay. Real quick. The way, and I'm going to leave outside of the box of basketball to make this point, but the way the LGBT and gay agenda is pushed and forced, you would assume there's enough lesbians to fill up every major stadium in America that would sell enough tickets, that would garner enough sponsors that you could make some NBA money. So where's this fan base? Because every time I look up, there's a gay agenda being forced and pushed in our face. So there should be a market for it, which would mean that there would be enough to fill up a 14,000-seat arena in every city that there is a WNBA stadium. And that would be the end of the issue. Do, do straight women go see it? Because a lot of the women who are fussing and complaining about this don't support it. Don't support it. So to Bill's point, that's the point. He said, "Where are all the feminists? Where y'all you at? You guys are trying to blame us, like the men don't support it. Your own women won't support don't it. Go your to own the game. tribe. That part. That's the only point I'm trying to make. You should be able to do this on your own merit. And and listen, here's again where the women get upset. Pardon me. Uh, and I've said this before, and I'll say it again. One of my pet peeves." is this stereotype that's always existed on television and film, particularly television sitcoms is that men are portrayed as like dumb, babbling, mentally challenged idiots. I can't tie my shoe. I know what I want to eat without the help of a woman. Like we're these dummies. And the, the truth is it's the opposite. Oh, boy. Women are toddlers, man. <laughs> they, I'll, I'll, listen, great joke by Tom Papa. He said, uh, you ever take, you ever, trying to get your, your drunk girlfriend after a night out of dinner or a club is like trying to get a toddler in the van. Mm. You're like, where's your shoe? Get in the car. Where's your shoe? Chris Rock once said, men aren't going to let it, women aren't going to let a little thing like sense and logic stop them from winning an argument. And it's like there's been joke after joke after joke where, where great comedians have proven this point. That, that, that It's like when it comes to rationale, logic, the moment a woman gets upset, she turns into who? The toddler. <laughs> you can't logic. There's no reasoning. You, you can't win an argument based off sense. You get emotional. And everything goes out the fucking window. Here we go. Here but we go. here we are being portrayed as the immature children. Trying to make sure to stay on the inside of that emotion. So that's why. Because remember that TV show you're referring to. Right. Was executive produced by Harvey Weinstein. <laughs> <laughs> so don't think, don't think, don't think that wasn't my design. Hey, play dumb at rehearsal. Cause I got a, <laughs> Casting couch at four. Right. You know what I mean? Right. So they, they understand it. Emotion, though. I, I, we, and we always understand that that men are more logical and women are more emotional. Right. And which leads us back to an environment. Again, we have a lot of single, you know, mother-raised men who are now out in the world running around emotional, which right. is why people are getting shot in traffic. 
That's why somebody getting shot over cold French fries or mayonnaise on a Subway sandwich, right? The dudes who are who thrown their logic in the trash can and get and choose to be emotional, and we see it doesn't work the same way. It's not like a like you say a woman right. being a toddler. Now it's this this big old giant man acting like a baby with a pistol right. or doing something ridiculous. But yes, go right ahead. A uh, great documentary made by Bonnie McFarlane. Mm. I forget her husband's name. He was on Last Comment Standing. They used to bust his balls a lot on Opie and Anthony because he, he talked, you know, a lot of this. Uh, I forget this dude's name. That's Seth. Not Seth. Oh, God. I wish I could remember this nigga's name. But anyway, uh, she made a documentary called Are Women Funny? Mm. And there was one moment where Patrice O'Neill said, no, 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 not funny. One time now, I'll, I'll say this. Yeah, I'll, I'll, yes, I'll say this. <laughs> because here's what Patrice will do. <laughs> He'll say some shit like that, but comedically have the ability, even if you think it's, a, it's an insane it. point, right. to support it, like, or at the very least make you go, hmm. Right. So, but let me speak to that. Of course women are funny. Mm-hmm. I've worked with some of the funniest women in, yeah. To me in my life, yeah. Mo Collins, Deborah Wilson, Alex Bornstein, Nicole Sullivan. You know, how could you be a fan of comedy and not know that? And, and, and if you've seen Carol Burnett, Come on. you know women are funny. Whoopi Goldberg. Some more. Yes. Melanie Camacho. Yes. Come some on, of my favorite, one of my favorite movies growing up 80s was Jumping Jack Flash. Sure. I thought Whoopi Goldberg was a, was a female Eddie Murphy. Right. So, yes, women are funny. Now, here's what I will say. They're not as funny as men. Mm. Now, sure, there are some trash men comics out there where if you put them up against some of the top-tier women, right. clearly a woman can be funnier than a man. Right. But I say, let's go all-star for all star for all-star. If I said to you right now, give me your Mount Rushmore of favorite or best comedians, not a single woman makes the cut. Even if you put your four as my four would be, if I said Eddie Murphy, Richard Pryor, Patrice O'Neill, Dave Chappelle. Mm-hmm. If I said to add another four, I could do it with ease. A woman does not make that Rushmore for a long time. But if you you could, well, again, that would be personal. I, it would be personal. What's your I, top I would four? understand. What's your top four? Again, my top four would be very close to your top four. I think most comedians. My top and, four would be very, very close right. to that. Um, but again... I think Samore is a beast and she's yes. over time. She stood, she's been around for a, she's represented for long. I'm a fan for, of Sarah Silverman. I think Sarah's hilarious. I think Whitney Cummings is hilarious, but again, do I put any of them over Bill Burr, Dave Chappelle, Patrice O'Neill, Sebastian Menescalco? And I could go on and on and on. Right. Right. And, and, and here's what, <clears throat> what I'll say too, that spoke to Bill's point. Here's here's what I think ultimately is the difference between men comics and women comics and why we have that edge. I think as dudes, we put comedy first no matter what, being a dude second. I think with women at some point, depending on what it is, the seriousness of what it is, mm. they put being women first, comedy second. And to me, that badge is the end-all, be-all. And, and again, to the point, Bill Burr, once upon a time ago on his podcast, Monday Morning Podcast, pointed out a moment where Bill O'Reilly was on The View. 
And he said something that enraged uh, Joy. Joy Behar and Whoopi Goldberg so much that they both got up and walked off. Right. And Bill went, you guys are comedians. You let Bill O'Reilly, right. a non-comedian, pundit, right-wing talking point, take you out your character? Right. You were supposed to respond right. as comedians. Right. Check them. Cut them down. Eat them alive. Right. And they didn't. They let being women first, emotional, irrational, get in the way of their weapon. Your weapon is comedy. Use your weapon. Especially in that particular space. But And I agree with you on that, too. I think, though, that a lot of times women may do that because they find themselves not that not not with uh on the view, but like in comedy where you say they where they would make sure to represent us. Well, just because it's underrepresented. And historically they have been, you know, told that they were not good enough and so forth. And welcome, they welcome to black life. Yeah, yeah. Now see again, remember now you talk about black female comics, they already get it too. So, you know what I mean? I, I, I kinda halfway understand because I want to do that. You know, you see me perform in front of all white folks. I don't lose who I am to do the task. That's why okay. And that's you see what I'm saying? Like I, I and I understand it, but as a as a I don't know, I just kinda I want to root for them, but I understand what you're saying. I, I if I were to put top eight, I would make a provision for some more. I'd make a provision but because that's I have like other an exception. Well, but I have other comics in there, just like what we're talking about, Bill, you know, one but, of but, my, but I just want to be clear on what you just said. Yeah. It seems like you're, you're saying I would go out of my way to do so as opposed to, is that your gut? Well, is that your natural gut? Yeah. Because like I said, some of my top eight would not be that. Like I, one of my first favorite comedians was Franklin Ajay. And it was about from an era where, where comics had one act. And you see him on Tonight Show. You see him on David Letterman. You see him on the HBO Young Comics. But he's going to be doing the same bit. And the bit Franklin Ajay did about coming in last in the Olympics, coupled with him being in, I was about to say Friday, and car wash and all these and these other things. Yeah, dude, man, the fly, man. My hair takes time, man. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. These cats don't do it, man. My hair takes time, man. I am your knight in shining armor. Mona, don't no other cat dig you like me. See, based in these other works. Right. But, you know, and he still does his thing, but not comparable to the rest of the list, but he's, he was my favorite. He influenced me, you know what I'm saying? Like for a petite, not like a, 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 a affirmative action, not like, ah, I gotta put a female comic in here. But, you know, I think some more is funny like that. If I were to extend and open up my list, yeah, I think I might put some more on there. I love me some Sherry Shepard. Sherry Shepard. Sherry Shepard is a Sherry monster. Sherry is a beast. Yamanika, that chick Yamanika out of New York. That is. Yeah, she would come down and do Ruben's night, but she's out of New York. She's funny as hell. But but ultimately, I, you know, I, I think sometimes Pat Brown. I got to shout out my homegirl Pat Brown. She writes works with uh, Tracy Morgan. She tours okay. with Tracy. Um, I think that because there is a natural nurturing quality to women mm-hmm. as mothers mm-hmm. and as wives. Uh, that sometimes at some point, especially as they mature, that can get in the way of comedy. Whereas dudes, 
we're so immature and childlike. We never lose that. So, you know, yeah, we can do an intellectual joke like the next best person or a political joke or a highbrow joke. But we also would do a joke about farting and goofy shit. And to us, that'll always be funny. Where I think women's maturity level at times is a little bit more advanced than ours. Well, they were and, always, yeah, more. And sometimes that mature. gets in the way of the comedy. Could be. Yeah. Can't you? Do we have a way for the people? I'd like to know who their favorite female comic is. You know, well, on Spears and Steinberg, I always give out my email so people can write in. If you want, you can give out an email and yeah, you, have people write in. Yeah, man. Uh, uh, I'm at Gerard Guillory at Yahoo.com. Send that. Yeah. Tell me your favorite female comedian. Yeah. And give, in all seriousness. Give, give us your top your Mount Rushmore, which is four. Or if you want to extend it, give us your top 10. I'd like to see how many people put a woman in their top 10 over. I'm going to get dudes who I know could fill the, fill the top 10 easily. Right. Right. It's, it's a, it's a good old boys. It's a good old boy network. And I'm not even going by that, by, by that vibe. No, no, but I'm saying that who the greats are, the list of the greats, Right, that's not just what we're right. making up in here. If we go and look in the 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 uh, almanac, it's gonna be loaded with dudes. Bernie Mac, Louis C.K., Chris Rock, Dave Chappelle, Eddie Murphy, Eddie Griffin, Patrice O'Neill, George Carlin, and I keep going. Martin Lawrence. You know what I'm saying? On and on and on. I don't know a woman that even supersedes any of them dudes. Man, I was so fortunate. I did uh, Comedy Central live at Gotham on Comedy, Comedy Central right. years ago. Uh, Robert Schimmel. Do you remember yeah. Robert Schimmel, man? God yeah. bless the dead. That was a God, he did, funny oh, dude. Andy Kindler is right. funny like that. Right, right, right. Uh, he uh, did. I, I, I might be butchering it up, but Jimmy Kimmel told a, Not Jimmy Kimmel. Jim, Schimmel. Robert Schimmel. Robert yeah. Schimmel told a joke about. His son, what's that shit where you get a dying wish? Make a wish. For Make a wish. And uh, he said something about his son's wish was for, I think he said Dolly Parton at the time, to blow his father. <laughs> <laughs> I, I might be fucking up the joke. <laughs> but, but something. But Robert Schimmel was a motherfucker, Robert Schimmel was an absolute beast, man. Yeah, right. Yeah, yeah. And the list does go on and right. on and on and on. But there are some funny females out And again, there. I want to be clear. Yeah. I'm not saying women aren't funny. Right. That, that'd be crazy. Right. I just don't know that they're as funny as men. I just don't know that they are. That's a fair point. There should be some kind of competition. That would be wonderful. Right. That would be a wonderful. You had to make sure it was balanced and that right. it wasn't like, okay, all the girls just going right. to vote for the girls. And they got no, like, no, we're going to really have a secret ballot so you right, can right. put it in. And Yeah, that that might be a thing. So, yeah, hit hit him up. Gerard uh, Guillory at Yahoo. Gerard Guillory at Yahoo. And let us know what it is. Uh, there you have it, baby. Uh, sophisticated scoundrels. I probably showcase more of my scoundrel side than my sophisticated side. And when that happens, yeah. Whereas last Monday, uh, when talking about the (laughs) shit we were talking about, you saw more of the sophisticated side of Gerard. (laughs) Yeah. We're doing a little scoundreling this week. Yeah. Yeah. It is, yo. See y'all next week, man. Peace.